I'm top 9% on try hacking and I don't even know how to open a terminal. I was really hesitant when we set up Discord. Tell me about sex <laughs> The GDPR stuff can be the bane of my existence sometimes. Hello, uh, welcome to the latest episode of Socktails BS. Uh, my name's Matt Ford and we are looking at a brief summary of some of the security and tech news uh, for, uh, for this week. Now the first thing that has uh, drawn my attention actually this week was the arrest of a guy in Hertfordshire um, for a cyber attack on um, a pharmaceutical or, or um, kind of cell research um, company. Now this in itself I guess isn't necessarily too surprising. We see a lot of these various different attacks going around. However, for this one it's a little different because this is more from an insider threat perspective. He wasn't the original attacker. So this is somebody um, called Ashley Lyles. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. And uh, he was an IT security analyst working for this particular company in Oxfordshire um, back in February 2018 when they suffered a ransomware attack. Now he was part of the team that was looking at um, trying to deal with this particular incident, remediate and such like. Now it's recently come out, um, I mean, five years later now when he's he's finally kind of pleaded guilty to it um, earlier in May, that uh, he was actually had a, had a hand in this, however, not from the original attack. So this is a really interesting aspect from an insider threat story, which is why I really wanted to talk about it on, on the Socktails BS this week, because as part of the work that he was doing to uh, help remediate and find out what's going on, um, he actually started to... Um, and this is this is the reports, of course. We've still got the the court case and the sentencing coming up uh, later in the year. But what he was what he was doing was looking at and hacking into the emails of some of the senior staff, senior executives, other people that were dealing with these particular events. And what he did is he mimicked the ransomware operators and changed the email address slightly to be very, very similar to what the ransomware operators were dealing with, um, sent emails backwards and forwards, pretended to be them, um, presented his own uh, Bitcoin address for the ransom, which the ransom was set around about $300,000. Um, so the idea was that he was uh, pretending to be the ransomware operators and um, doing a business email compromise attack and wanting to see whether they were going to pay the ransom if they did pay it into his Bitcoin account and he can run off with 300 grand and go and live a happy life somewhere. However, there were some um, uh, there, there were some suspicions um, from this from various different other colleagues and there was an investigation carried out by the South East Regional Organised Crime Unit which is not easy to say when you're being recorded and um, they did a, an investigation here and they uh, picked up some technology from uh, his home address he tried to wipe that but we all know how easy it is to get some information back once you've wiped it off a hard drive um, and they managed to you know, get a lot more information about what he'd done um, from his home uh, computer, USB keys and such like. So um, a really interesting story from that insider threat perspective. We often talk about that from the side of, you know, data leakage or, you know, zero trust. We'll use that phrase. Why not? 
um, from a permissions perspective. Uh, but this is a slightly different one, and I thought it was a really good angle just to just to mention on that. Um, this uh, particular guy actually will be sentenced on the 11th of July, uh, so later this year. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what he gets from a sentencing perspective because it really needs to send a clear message to, to people um, that are in a, a position of trust within an environment from a security perspective um, that this just isn't something that they can get away with. Our second story of the week involves a manufacturing plant based over in India uh, belonging to Suzuki, who, uh, as you probably know, uh, make motorcycles. So they have had to shut down one of their manufacturing plants around about uh, kind of first, second week of May. Um, and this was a plant that did uh, manufacture uh, parts for their bikes and uh, scooters. And this was shut down based on a cyber attack. Now, they've not given any more information at the moment on whether it's a ransomware attack or anything a little bit more specific than that. But it has um, the, the, the shutdown of this particular manufacturing um, plant and the temporary suspension there has uh, potentially um, provided uh, the or, or created the loss of 20,000 vehicles going into production uh, and obviously there's, a, there's going to be a significant knock-on effect to that um, suppliers consumers and such like but also um, has brought around the postponement of their annual supplier conference which was uh, due to start um, this week so it kind of kind of like third fourth week of May towards the end of May um, and, and uh, that's obviously again had um, a, a knock-on effect to um, Suzuki as a whole. Now, um, we've had uh, a little bit of information come out, and uh, of course, as is my want, uh, we cannot get these people onto the podcast, so we have done a text-to-speech, uh, and this is what they've said. We are aware of the incident and have promptly reported the same to the concerned government department. The matter is currently under investigation, and for security purposes, we are unable to provide further details at this point in time. So we have a very generic statement. Yes, we've had something that's happened, but we're not really in a position to give any more details. So we're not necessarily sure yet, again, whether there's a ransomware attack there um, or whether there's um, any kind of data exfiltration, whether there's a, a hacking group involved. Um, not quite sure on the... Uh, uh, on the exact details of that um, at, uh, at the moment, you know, we know what some companies are like being able to uh, say that, you know, we're not going to uh, give any more information or you know, decline to acknowledge that there was a cybersecurity attack or ransomware related until, you know, maybe they've had some communication with that third party. Um, discussed a ransom, dealt with their insurers, IR teams, all that kind of stuff. So um, this will be something to watch, worth watching out for, if I can get my words out properly, worth watching out for in the coming days. Uh, it be interesting to see if we can find a bit more information on exactly what happened with Suzuki. And the last story that we have for this week's Socktails BS was something that I saw from uh, Halcyon, they released something uh, around about the beginning of May. And whereas we've been used to looking at what vendors do and where they present themselves or where Gartner present themselves in a magic quadrant um, with the leaders and visionaries capabilities and that kind of thing. Uh, what Halcyon have done actually is um, released a ransomware malicious quartile 
So instead of the Gartner MQ, Magic Quadrant, we have a ransomware MQ, Malicious Quartile. And what they've done is they've taken details of the various different ransomware groups and operators, looked at some of their tactics, techniques, their evasion techniques, how they're looking at designing the various different uh, payloads, and looking at how uh, successful they've been, what kind of um, monetary uh, details we've got on those various different ransomware, uh, ransomware groups and produced this uh, this MQ, this, uh, this malicious quartile. It's actually quite interesting. So they've looked at things like uh, performance, they've looked at uh, innovation, you know, what is their, their RAS uh, platform like, for example, their ransomware as a service platform. Um, what's the what's the likelihood of a, a successful execution for an attack and their effectiveness? And um, what's the volume of attacks they're putting out there? The details and value of their ransomware demands. How innovative are they out there as well? Um, again, looking at their platform development, looking at the industries that they target, look at their economic models. So there's been quite a lot of research done into this from what I can tell looking through these various different articles and some of the elements there within within the news. And then they've broken these down into these four quartiles, uh, first, second, third, fourth. So first is where you would see the leaders quadrant um, from, a, from a Gartner MQ perspective. And in there we've got uh, Lockbit, we've got the Black Cat stroke Alpha group, and then we've also got Black Basta um, in there as well. So you know, the, uh, the, there's, um, there's some information there on their website as well on why they've, they've picked out these various different groups. Um, for that, I mean, Lockbit, you know, their ransoms are, are potentially, or sometimes in excess of 50 million. Um, now this is all for 2022, by the way, as you'd expect, uh, for last year. Um, so some of the ransoms up near $50 million. Um, you know, having uh, from an attack volume perspective, we see Lockbit in the news a, a, a lot, and it's considered one of the most active groups in there as well. Same with Black Cat, uh, and same with Black Basta uh, as well. In um, the the second uh, second group, which would be more kind of like the visionary from from the MQ, so the one directly below. Uh, the leader magic quadrant uh, we've got royal we've got medusa we've also got vice society which is an interesting one that's the group that targets a lot of the uh, educational uh, establishments that are out there as well um and you know some of the other ransomware groups that we've got uh, on here as well you know fairly low on a performance and innovation we've, we've got lapsus um, we've also got uh, our, our evil, or evil. I'm still not quite sure next scenario how to pronounce that. Um, but we've got some of uh, some of these ransomware groups in there, and it really it's actually genuinely interesting to take a look and see where these various different ransomware groups operators um, sit on this uh, on this particular uh, MQ malicious uh, malicious quartile. Uh, and we can see some of the, uh, the the more kind of active, popular. Uh, for want of a better phrase, I guess it's probably the wrong word, uh, ransomware groups that are out there and see how busy they are. So um, a, a nice, uh, for somebody who has worked in the vendor space for nearly a decade, uh, sometimes the Gartner MQs can, can be a little bit of a, a bittersweet. So it's actually quite nice to see one that is, uh, is looking at a different angle within the industry and looking at some of the ransomware groups. So look, thank you very much for spending the time listening to Socktails BS uh, this week. And we'll uh, we'll catch you later. Mm -hmm.